1907, Sir Francis Galton asked 787 villagers to guess the weight of an ox. None of them got the right answer. But when Galton averaged their guesses, he arrived at a near-perfect estimate. This is a classic demonstration of what's called the wisdom of crowds, where groups of people pull their abilities to show collective intelligence. Galton's story has been told and retold with endless variations on the theme. If you don't have an ox handy, you can try it yourself with beans in a jar. It's a really cool experiment, one that I've actually done when I was an undergraduate, where you just use like gumballs or use marbles. And if you just take everyone's numbers and the larger the pool, the better of an estimate you're going to get, and you average, average them all together, you get damn near, if not the exact answer. And this quote-unquote wisdom of the crowds is unfortunately what I believe to be the best way to determine the college football playoff. Now, I do have to say I am a bit biased. I'm a huge Texas Longhorns fan, and this year in the 23-24 to season, they were actually picked number three by the committee. However, I it's hard to say, but I would have been 100% fine if they weren't because of this wisdom of averages, I have bias. It's hard to remove. So for myself, that's why I tend to lean on a lot of data, but there's, there's a danger to the data and that's what I want to kind of get into. So in this whole realm of data science, there's machine learning, neurocomputing, pattern recognition, AI to help drive data, uh, data driven decisions but there's things called data drift and there's certain anomalies. There's outliers within data sets that aren't necessarily captured within using a data driven model. Now in the college football realm, we have the entirety of the FBS plus of course, Notre Dame who just doesn't want to be part of the FBS conferences. And with that sense, it takes a bit of massaging, I guess of trying to evaluate data Now, we know that the college football playoff committee does have certain elements that you're supposed to look at. So on their website, they have principles. The selection committee will select teams using a process that distinguishes among otherwise comparable teams by considering conference championships, one strength of schedule, head to head competition, comparative outcomes of common opponents and other relevant factors such as this year especially with FSU and the injury of Jordan Travis, unavailability of key players and coaches that may have affected a team's performance during the season or likely will affect its postseason performance. However, that is just an example of these other relevant factors. They talk about the voting process, number of teams to be ranked, so on and so forth. Uh, They do have individuals that are point persons to gather as much information to send the 13 committee members that they can evaluate. But there's no way like right here number seven metrics there will be not one single metric to assist the selection committee rather the committee will consider a wide variety of data and information i believe it starts off at least somewhere that this is not a science but more of an art so there's a lot of room for interpretation in any which manner for a committee member to make their ranking system however There's 13 individuals on there and people can say there's SEC bias, there's bias towards this, bias towards brands and whatnot. But when you look at the different committee members and you click on them, like Mark Harlan, for example, let's, let's look at his bio. Current occupation, athletic director of the university of Utah. 
yeah, sure, maybe he's biased towards Utah, for example. However, he's not the end-all, be-all. Let's look at Will Shields on the current committee. Owns and operates a gymnasium sports facility outside Overland Park, Kansas. I I mean, close by is going to be KU. They were part of the ranks, but they didn't come into factor for the four playoff teams. And for the hell of it, let's look at Kelly Whiteside, for example. Professor at Montclair State University, which by no way is going to end up on the top 25 that, that, I mean, that, that's kind of a bad thing to say. I don't know. Maybe in the future. I, I actually don't know if they are an FBS team or whatnot, whatever. However, you have these 13 individuals on the committee that are assessing in their own way to reach a conclusion of the college football playoff rankings. And again, this lends itself to be the wisdom of the crowds. This year, if we were to take purely the criteria listed, data-driven, you would end up with, I would say, a reasonable team. It would have included Florida State this year and not Alabama. However, it does lend itself again to the art of what what is the purpose? What's the underlying why of college football playoffs? It is to allow the best team to win. And I'm not going to make any conclusions or provide my own rankings or any insight. A lot of pundits out there were kind of posting some head-scratching rankings they're making arguments in one sense or another there is like this core tenet of what needs to be followed but there is that additional art the evaluation what's current state something that data by itself really can't give you the appropriate parameters now we go into the argument of if we had just like established parameters there should be no argument but again you're not going to have like the nfl a great sample size of head-to-head matchups because there's only a certain amount of teams. In the FBS, we've got teams that will just never play one another. But So how do you evaluate one for one? You can say there's common opponents, but everyone's going to have like their own quote-unquote opinion. Just to get away from this, you do. You have as many committee members. 13 may not be enough. Maybe you double it. Maybe it goes to 20. But the more you have, the better the wisdom of the crowds can work in the favor of determining who the appropriate teams are. And again, the underlying why we want the best team in college football to be the national champion. And the way to do that is evaluation metrics outside of data, which hurts to say for myself, because I am very, very much probably to a fault, a very data driven individual. Is this going to change with the 12 team playoff? Nope, not at all. What's going to happen is now you're going to be in that 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 spot, and that's going to be the argument of who in those areas should be getting in. We can just continue to get more mature, I guess, in the evolution. Transparency of voting could be something that may or may not help. I don't know, thinking about it. Really, I just care about the end answer. And it just it removes as much bias as possible and gives that just additional factor for determining the right teams. Not everyone's going to agree with it, but we all have to accept it.